0: This is Hardwood Handicappers, Veasan's premier NBA betting podcast.
2: Welcome in, Hardwood Handicappers, Thursday, January twenty fifth. Kelly Bidlin here. Zach Cohen, JVT. We told to take the day off. Zach, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just rushing out of downtown Las Vegas. Always, good, you know, rushing back here to do the do the pod with you boys. Always love it. Uh, JVT with some family duties today. We said take the day off. he will be back with us tomorrow. Um, yep. even though most Fridays going forward, he won't, I guess that is worth noting. Uh, uh, JVT, we're trying to get a little bit of time off. He's got some other things going on. So we said, take Fridays off me and Zach will handle it. So, um, that will be the regular schedule going forward. Although tomorrow, uh, will be a little funky as well. All right, Zach, let's start with some news, I guess, out of the NBA. Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, he is out as head coach of the Washington Wizards. Although what, moving to a front office role. Yep. So Still valued there, uh, which I don't think that's surprising. I don't think this is gonna raise as many eyebrows as Adrian Griffin uh moving on. But I, I think that franchise always obviously, obviously has had a lot of respect for the unseld family over the years. I don't think this is a I don't think it's a shocker from the performance that the Wizards have put out there this year <laughs> that a coach would be moved. I'm also not surprised though to see that they're moving him into a front office role.
1: Yeah, you got uh you got Pete Carroll right it, yeah I mean. exactly yeah but uh yeah this is an interesting one because you know with the bucks it was like you know they get rid of adrian griffin you expect better things moving forward i don't think you're going to do that with this wizards team i don't think that we could count on them to sort of rally around the situation which is why i think you're seeing the jazz as such big favorites tonight so it's not really anything that i think impacts the betting markets at all
2: yeah i don't really think it does either it is even from a um you know win totals perspective or anything like that uh we are talking over their last nineteen games. They are three and sixteen twenty eighth in net read- net rating over that time in non garbage time minutes bottom five offense and defense nothing going right for Washington, but yeah, we didn't really talk about like win totals that much or or you know division price or anything like that when uh we were discussing Adrian Griffin yesterday, but um this is, uh, I, there's not much
1: to do here. I don't
2: I don't think this this doesn't go trigger an overlook on an updated win total for me or anything like that. I'm guessing same with you,
1: right? Yeah, same with me. Honestly, like I was a bit more inclined to take the over on their like in-season win total with Unsell because I thought that they had been playing a little bit better in the recent weeks. So I thought the timing was interesting, but yeah, I wouldn't be touching anything with the Wizards right now.
2: Okay, um, and this is... You know what? Well, I'm going to do this a little funky today. Uh, let's roll into that game here first, because I do think that game's an interesting discussion tonight. Um, and then we're going to hit on some rookie of the year stuff. So we're, we're mixing things up today. And, uh, Ke- <laughs> Ke- Kelly's manning the plane here, so we're going all over the freaking place. <laughs> uh, all curve. right, Utah Jazz at the Wizards tonight. That is going to be top of your rotation uh, on the NBA card tonight, 710 Eastern, 410 Pacific tip. Jazz are right now, as we record, 2 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Jazz are seven and a half point favorites, basically blanketed. You're looking at 245 and a half to 246 uh, total wise in this game. Zach wanted to transition to this because I think the obviously we have the unsold news going into this um, coaching change for the Wizards. I am shocked at how many people, though, that uh, I've had a couple friends text me that are respecting the NBA betting uh, community, text me about this game and plays that they have on it tonight. I've had I've gotten tweets. Um, I have heard uh, uh, I have listened to other podcasts uh, uh, today that have the same pretty much everybody on the same play in this game. Is there anything that you bet before I get to that?
1: Well, are people taking the Wizards like with the same Bucks logic that they're going to rally around the new interim coach? No, no, no. It's all jazz love. That I okay, hear. so it,
2: right. it, but that was it was before there was a coaching change in Washington today. So I, I look, this is a bad team. I think almost always when I see a coaching change, though, it makes me hesitate on a bet on or bet against. We kind of talked a little bit about that yesterday with Adrian Griffin. Um, obviously, JVT was on the right side of that one last night with the Bucks uh, getting home. Getting home there, but um, that always makes me hesitate a bit. But man, I heard a lot of j- a lot of jazz love, a lot of overs love, and especially a lot of jazz team total over uh, love today. Which I get, I, I really do get. I, it's not something that I've bet uh, yet. Maybe something I need to take a little bit closer look at. Obviously, obvi- we just I just brought up some of the uh, Washington um, stats here, and we're talking about one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, you know, they've been able to do some things offensively throughout the year, just not recently, uh, really playing all that well. Meanwhile, what is it three in a row, uh, that the jazz have lost, but this offense continues to be, uh, hanging around in that top 10 over the past month or so. Um, so anything you did with that game, Zach?
1: No, I didn't. I mean, I would have had a lean on the over. I think that what, like, you know, the reason I hesitate is just we don't really know what Brian Keefe is going to want to do with this team. Like, what if he is willing to, like, play Jordan Poole 20 minutes because he's been horrible this season, you know, wants to up the minutes for guys that play actual defense. Like, we don't know how this team's going to look in his first game and you know, how they're going to look moving forward. So I thought, you know, the over and the game, and I guess I understand the team total overs, probably the smart side. I just, I stayed away from it because of the coaching change. So glad you brought it up.
2: So even when we, even when it is a, a coaching change, that's as insignificant as this one is, and I'm sorry, but that's the accurate word, I think for it. Um, mm-hmm. I still, I think, I think you still voiced everything I would be concerned about still tonight. Um, I, I, I understand when people texted me, tweeted me uh, about kind of jazz play tonight, either looking at jazz side um, or, you know, or that team total overplay or an overplay. I understand it. I think that's where I would still lean in this game. Jazz uh, off losses at New Orleans, at Houston, um, and Oklahoma City before that. Before that, you might remember they were on quite a heater, winning, what was that, nine out of ten with a loss to the Boston Celtics sandwich in, in between there. So Jazz really were playing some great basketball after running into a few really good teams and I'm sorry, but still better teams than the Utah jazz. So no surprise to see L's L's there, but I think you just laid out the case of why I'm going to continue to stay away from this. You just, you don't know what, what kind of impact uh, that, an, you know, that a new coach is going to have in players too, how they're going to react. Right. We often see, um, you know, it, it, often what you'll hear from betters is the it's bet on the team who just got rid of a coach, right? They usually you get a little bit of renewed energy from the players and stuff like that. Um, so I, with all that combined, I think it's it's taking me away from any interest in that side here, uh, uh, side or total in that game tonight. However, I would still be I would still be looking at Jazz before I looked at anything with Washington. I, I think seven seven and a half is is probably. Kind of a fair number between these two teams right now. Okay, let's circle back to that Rookie of the Year conversation because we did see this uh, play out with the uh, Wemby-Chet Holmgren matchup last night. Thunder winning that game 140-114. to All right, I'm going to go the real basic stat lines for you. Chet Holmgren, 17 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, 1 steal, plus 11 in his pu- plus minus. <laughs> uh <laughs> 24 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, one steal, four blocks, minus eleven in his plus minus. Obviously, he was terrible. Plus minus <laughs> always so cracks me up. Um, and then Zach, we were when we were discussing this yesterday. Um, I believe this was on the podcast. I love I love having conversations with you and JVT because they just run together. I don't know what the hell we <laughs> talked about when that record button was going or not. Um you know, we talked about this. How how would this affect the market? Well, it did. Give us the updated numbers over at DraftKings right now.
1: Yeah, so now it is Wemby minus 150 and Chet plus 120. So I actually think it's interesting because I think Chet was minus 105 yesterday when we spoke. Yeah. And, you know, held his own in that matchup in a blowout win for his team, which kind of the story of the season. It's like Chet helping his team win efficiently, Wemby putting up the big numbers, which is what he's been doing these last month or so. So... I don't know. It's going to be voter preference at the end of the year, I think. I mean, if Chet keeps not, you know knocking it out of the park with the advanced stats, like really contributing to winning in a way that we haven't seen many rookies do in the past, but like Wemby keeps putting up these monstrous numbers. And like you said, I don't know if you said it off the pot or on, but it seems like his minutes are going to be going up. Yeah, It's going to be a really interesting race. It's going to be all about just kind of what you value as a voter.
2: Yeah, I I think this is going to end up being really tight. And I think it did get more interesting. We talked about this a little bit in yesterday's pod. Uh, But if you weren't listening, this was... So, yeah, the one thing that did change a little bit, obviously those two played head-to-head last night. And then, yes, Greg Popovich did say that Weminyama's minute restriction going up, being raised to 30 minutes now. Um, And and that was, you know, I think he was speaking about the game. was speaking about the game last night, but I would expect that's what it's going to be going forward uh, pretty much. Um, hasn't played 30 minutes since December 17th. So that is a pretty significant development. I think in this rookie of the year race, and does change my thinking a little, it, it doesn't change my thinking of how this is going to go Zach, but I think it does lend, uh, lend to, to, uh, increased betting in women. Yama, I get it. But the, uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday. It's all going to come down to whether these voters value more, Chad Holmgren, who has been a significant player on a team that is doing that is playing extremely well and above expectation in the Western Conference, do you value that? And he's still putting up incredible numbers. Do you value that more? Or are you going to value the highlight games, highlight reels that you're going to continue to see out of Victor Weminyama, Not only continue to see, but probably increasingly see now going forward with him playing some more minutes, which do you value more? I would hope the voters value that the the, the playoff team con- uh, contributor that is that is Chet Holmgren. I would hope that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We talked about this a little bit that, you know, if we thought Chet drifted to a dog price, it would be a bet on moment. I'm going to bring back something that, that I believe I, I talked about on here um, a few weeks ago. I think I'm in the mode, and I think it's going to start today. I'm going to shop around around town here in Vegas and see what rookie of the year odds uh, they got up here. But I think we're kind of in that range now, plus one twenty. If there's anything longer, I'll definitely be in plus one twenty. Might make me think a little bit more here. But Zach, I think it's going forward. I expect this market to be tight. I think you can just grab up plus prices. I think you're going to have the opportunity to grab plus prices on both guys going forward. And, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it big. One time or the other, I might just end up with like six or seven different bets on the two guys before it's all said and done. So I do think I'm going to go out and make a homegrown bet today Uh, at plus money might make that stake a little bit higher than some of the other ones going forward. But I just think after uh, was these guys able to put up the numbers that they are on a night to night basis and make the highlight packages that run on SportsCenter, you know, every night. I, I I just have a feeling that's where we're going to see this market play out down the stretch here is it's those two are going to continue to flip it fa- as favorites. And I think I'm going to have an opportunity to grab both guys at plus prices. If not, I am perfectly willing to have a bet on Chet Holmgren back at, a, at plus money right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like if I can, I have uh, Chet Holmgren tickets at like plus 400 and I think plus 350 or something
2: like that. You were the smart one. Good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I have a lot of Chet exposure, but I would like to get to a point where I have Wemby at plus money odds. I probably should have done it already. Hopefully I get another chance just to kind of protect myself a bit. But it's really interesting because it's like, you know, through the midway point of the season, I would still say Chet is the rookie of the year. But, you know, the last month or so, Wemby has been the better player between the two. So it's really just kind of, you know, the body of work is in Chet's favor, but it's trending in a direction where Vic looks like the better player. So I'm interested to see the way it looks the rest of the season. I still think that, like, I've said it a million times at this point, but it, it, I'm waiting to see the all-star selections. And If Chet yeah, yeah. is an all-star in the Western Conference, like, I don't see how he's not the rookie of the year.
2: Yeah, the uh... – I think the other thing, so the things to keep on keep your eye on here down the stretch too, and these are things that could end up changing this race. But it's how tight uh, do the Thunder decide decide to become with it, you know with things with it, when it comes to minutes, when it comes to resting guys as they approach the end of the season with one of the higher seeds in the Western Conference is that something we potentially see? I think the other thing no, worth noting on Wemby that I would expect to see is you might be seeing a minutes increase. Uh, Also, you got to keep in mind, though, what was the plan? The plan all year, and I've said this on this podcast multiple times, the the plan all year for the Spurs and Victor Wembenyama was to slowly get him to the level where he was going to be a true NBA star. I think he's probably come onto the scene even better than I expected him to be, Zach. But this team is so depleted With talent, it's just, there's no, and he's so young, there's no reason to rush this development with him. Still coming over from Europe where he was playing less minutes in games. That's why they wanted to build up these minutes that he was playing. I think the the Spurs handled this perfectly throughout the entirety of the season when it comes to Wembenyama. I'm not shocked to see the minutes increase now, but that doesn't mean they're not still going to be extremely careful with him. That guy rolls an ankle, does whatever. They they would rather him miss an extra game than force him back into action uh, playing hurt, right? Because there's nothing to play for. Am I crazy thinking that?
1: No, I mean, the last time he sprained his ankle, like, they barely even turned it when he landed on that staffer. Like, it didn't look like he hurt himself, but they kept him out for, like, a week. So, right, I do agree. Good, that good example. Really, yeah, yeah, Good example. being really, really very cautious with him. One, one thing that bothers me in the race, though, I'll be honest, is, like, people act like Holmgren was thrown on this championship team. That was a 40 and 42 team last year. Like, he is a big part of the reason that they are now 31 and 13. They, like, ignore the context of, like, you know, this guy is a big part of the reason they are now a contender because he's so good, so fast. We act like he was thrown on a thirty-one and thirteen run team. He should get more credit for the right, the, the way that Oklahoma City is playing. Agreed.
2: Yeah, agreed. I, I this was a yeah, uh, this was a team that, uh, you know, I bet an over on the win total. Uh, the, you know, this offseason season because partially because of that, Zach, I didn't really think that was being pr- priced into the market as much. It just was. It, it just felt like a team that the uh, that the books were treating as, okay, they were great last year. They're going to regress this year, though, because they don't mm-hmm. have those star players. And Chet has become one of those star players on that team. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. So, I it will summarize all that. I think this is a good time to jump in uh, on a plus price on, uh, on Chet. I will likely be doing that here today, and I'm just going to be playing the game. It looks like then the rest of the season of scooping up plus prices on these guys. Um as they go, I, I I do have a feeling that's how this is going to continue to go. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, obviously the way these guys are built, one injury takes w- one guy completely out of this, and that, you know the other dude's going to race the race away with this. But we'll have to see how this plays out. All right, take a break here. Come back. We're going to hit the card for tonight. All right, Zach. We talked about Jazz and Wizards. Let's move on to. Your next seven ten Eastern tip: Sixers at the Pacers. Sixers right now five to five and a half point favorites, two thirty nine, two thirty nine and a half uh, total right now at two fifteen PM Eastern time, eleven
1: fifteen Pacific. Anything you have in this game? I didn't have anything, and I wish I did because I'm, I'm actually excited to watch this game. But I, I think that you know the Pacers without Halliburton again, it's another situation where it's really hard to handicap them. Uh, I would lean towards the Sixers, you know, laying five on the road because I think that they are healthier right now and are the better team to begin with. But at the same time, it almost feels a little too easy. And I just kind of think that it's the best move is to stay away from it. Yeah, you're talking
2: about you're talking about a difference. What was the so the Denver number was like four. Open four. I bet that the other night. Open four closed like five, five and a half. Right. So basically the same kind of number that you're seeing with the Nuggets uh, coming into town, Indiana here the other night. Um, I know JVT is on the over here. I think that I I think that makes sense in this game. No, I know you don't have Hal Burton. Uh, They have had a day of practice, at least with Siakam, that I think that's going to make things a little bit better. Um, one injury worth noting here, Tobias Harris, uh, questionable and Marcus Morris doubtful for this game, uh, tonight for the 76ers. This was one I, yeah, I thought about for a while. I did have circled initially when I was going in to look at stuff, um, last night. I, this is one of those where I'm just, I don't want to say a letdown spot cause I don't really expect this, this Pacers defense to be much uh, to have much firepower going up against the Sixers offense. But man, what do you expect after, uh, out of a guy after he puts up 70? It's yeah. just, I, and watching him towards the end of that game. Oh my God, he looked exhausted. <laughs> I, I thought Joel Embiid was going to drop to the floor at any moment. Like I was it, it, it literally hit a point where I'm like, he's got to sit down. Like, I remember they called a timeout finally. And it was like, thank God, like get him some rest. <laughs> he looked like he was struggling up and down the course. I, it, it's, it would be Sixers or pass for me. It's, gonna, it's going to be a pass for me, though. I would lean, lean the Sixers way. I'm just wondering. Oh, Embiid has been so great and so consistently great when he's been out there, Zach. But, man, this just feels like a little bit different vibe after you're coming off a 70-point game. So I, I end up staying away over over for JVT. I think that does make some sense uh, with the Pacers able to get some practice. And that, and that total is up to 239, like I said. So that's a couple points higher even than where JVT bet at 237 and a half you I do wonder on. if
1: I, I do wonder if Embiid under player points is a, is a decent play just because it's up at 36 and a half you don't really Jeez. want to bet against him because he's just such a big part of the offense playing probably the best basketball in his career but like you said he was exhausted at the end of that game now you throw Miles Turner on him that's a much bigger body than anybody that the Spurs had it's tempting to take that under 36 it, and a half is wild yeah, I think that's a good call. That that is a good call.
2: Um, I don't know if I'll end up there, but the I think the other argument you can make for that too is okay, if you if you're someone who really likes the Sixers tonight, okay, if this gets into blowout territory, he's definitely hitting the bench earlier mm-hmm. earlier just to get him some rest after that game, right? <laughs> it's no. a cheap, easy way to get him a little extra rest if you are you know, you're running away with this game. So, um, yeah, I agree with you and I mean God props 36 and a half it's freaking incredible where we've got it. i mean and, and again the only thing that concerns me is he's kind of consistently been able to go out and do some of this stuff night in night out yep but it would be like you can't bet the over especially in this spot tonight everything you just laid out we just laid out you can't bet over that number that's insane
1: yeah that's uh, too it's too tough
2: yeah that's too much I, it, I, that would i think the under is a decent look there though all right celtics and heat tonight uh, that is wow! Celtics out to eight point favorites now. Two twenty three and a half to two twenty four and a half is where you're going to see the total at Zach. Anything that you had on this one?
1: No, but I'm like really, really flirting with the idea of taking the Heat and then a small like sprinkle on the money line too. I just kind of think. What we saw last night was like the bottom, like losing to that Grizzlies team. Everyone's going to be laughing at them, And I don't think that like what we saw out of them last night is what you could expect moving forward. Like that was Rozier's first game. He didn't play particularly well or like all that comfortable. I would expect, you know, the next night Spolstra is going to have them ready to go. And I do think that they take these matchups pretty seriously. So you get the home crowd, you're getting a lot of points. I wouldn't hate like a one unit play on the heat. And then, you know, 0.25 0.25 on the money line. Okay.
2: Um, I am on the on the Celtics tonight. I understand what you're saying. And I made this bet last night before the uh this Grizzlies Heat game was even over. And when it ended, I did, I did have a little bit of the buyer's remorse where I was like, <laughs> this is this is so the my Mi- stupid Miami Heat. They lose a game like this and they're gonna come out tomorrow night and beat the Celtics. Like that is <laughs> that is the Miami Heat in a nutshell. Um i I laid the points, so though. It was six and a half when I laid it last night i i said this morning on a numbers game it was still like seven seven and a half there i thought anything out to eight was fair i'd be cutting it off from there i wouldn't be playing i wouldn't be laying anything more uh than that but you're talking about this heat this heat team continuing to uh continuing to struggle uh four and six over their last 10 you go back a little bit further nine to nine over their last 18 what you're really seeing out of them and this is why um you know, you, I think you saw the Rozier trade get done. Okay. They're still playing quality. They're playing quality defense but the offense is a bottom five offense right now. I think working him in, uh, will you know, will bring those numbers up, but how much time does that take? Right. Zach and we're not, we're now we're talking about, um, you know, him not really getting in any practice time with the team. We jumping into that game immediately last night uh and then you know and shoot playing 29 minutes of that game i didn't realize he that many minutes you know jumping in there and they're still figuring out this whole rotation every and everything within with him in there now um now you got to go back to back with the celtics coming in town with celtics have just been absolutely dominant and continue to be uh this season eight and three in their past 11 plus 7.4 net rating and non-garbage time minutes uh over that it was too much too much of a difference especially with miami coming off back to back i bet it i'd still probably bet it it would just be a smaller bet for me now because again i did yeah i did do the yell to the skies after that he came last night i'm like they're gonna totally come out and beat the celtics tomorrow night and i'm gonna be pissed off
1: about you it. got it at a good number i mean you got it at six yeah. and a half like we're talking about now i'm talking about it as like a, a dart throw because it's past the key number mm. you know eights just like a lot of points and yeah, well, if you're taking eight with the heat like at home, like like you said, like you never know what to expect with this team. That's why I would only just throw a little something on it. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a big play. Okay.
2: Um all right, Nuggets and Knicks, 740 Eastern Time here. Nuggets, two and a half point road favorites here, 222, 222 and a half, where you're gonna find the total at anything you
1: did with this game, which is
2: another game I feel like I heard a lot of people talking about in the betting community.
1: Yeah, I actually spoke about it with you earlier on a numbers game. I really like oh, the Oh, there Knicks we go. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have, yeah, It might have been me that I was telling you. Um, you were one of them. <laughs> yeah, this is just – it's the end of a five-game road trip for the Nuggets. I think that they're going to be looking forward to getting home here. Meanwhile, the Knicks have played one game in the last five days. That game was in Brooklyn. So they've been in New York for a week. I think they're probably well-rested, you know, both physically and mentally. And it's a team that's been playing really well, 10-2 straight up. Nine and three against the spread in their last twelve. Uh, you know the, everything that's been working with. You know the the o- O'Nob trade has been a home run for them. Yeah. And I kind of just think that like this is the type of game where you know you see teams in the playoffs. They just say whatever. We're going to let Nikola Jokic beat us as a scorer, and we're going to guard everyone else. I think that the Knicks are going to do that almost because they have to. Mitchell Robinson's out indefinitely. Isaiah Hardenstein he's questionable, so he might be playing banged up. Who knows. I think they're just going to you know, let Jokic do his thing, guard everyone else, and you're going to have a really good option on Jamal Murray with OG Anunoby. So I think that you're going to get a really good defensive performance out of New York, and I just kind of like the Knicks in these types of home games. I think that they can be trusted to win these ones. I ended up taking the two and a half at minus 110, but that was only because I got a like, – I only found Moneyline at like 115. So I was just okay. like, whatever, I might as well just take the points. This isn't a great price. Okay, Um one of these other
2: days where you and I will run through a little bit more of, uh, of key numbers in the NBA. I think that is a, a, a topic that doesn't get discussed enough. Uh, it's not nearly as significant as it is in the NFL or college football, but I think there is always a, there, there's a couple bands and ranges that I think people need to at least be a little bit more aware of. Uh, that's something me and you will tackle a bit, uh, a bit on one of the pods, uh, together. Cause, um, I know it's not something JVT pays as much uh, as much. And I don't want to say it doesn't pay attention to, but it's just it doesn't follow as closely as I think you and I probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other point you just made there, I when it comes to NBA betting, in at least pregame, like we're talking right now, um, I'm very active live uh, on a night to night basis. But pregame betting, I'm usually it, it, it's definitely you're looking at the the comparison between spread and money line. But it, it's when we're talking. Two and a half, three points, and, and yeah, I'm kind of specifically using those uh, as examples. It's usually, it, it is usually always for me. Late, pay the money line price on the favorite and take the points with the dog uh, it, it, for your mental sanity. If anything, uh, with how NBA games can can close out in the final seconds, you, it's amazing. Uh, the couple times a year, you sometimes you bet that money line and you wish you had that point and a half yeah. or two points. Uh, it, it just seemingly is amazing how many times that really does come into play, and how often you, you you play a money line instead of laying two points, the opposite where it saves your ass. So that's how I approach things, Zach. I don't know if you if you really have a, a set way that you usually approach that, or is it just you really comparing what the prices are?
1: I feel pretty similar to you. I mean, like if this were plus one thirty something, where I really think I could have gotten a really big bang for my buck, like I would have taken the money line. Because I do think the Knicks win this game outright. But I think that 115 is just – that's a really bad number. Like, why wouldn't I go yeah. minus 110? I'm not risking much more for a little extra safety. You're talking about, you know, the defending NBA champion. If the Knicks have to work hard for the win, they're going to have to work hard for the win. So I, I thought that just it made, it made sense situationally to go two and a half here.
2: Yeah, and as far as – I have nothing on this game – um You know, along with you, along with you, I've heard a lot of love for the Knicks. I get it. I would definitely be in on the Knicks side if I knew for sure that Hartenstein was playing in this game and what type of shape he was in. So, you know, Mm. you kind of hinted at it. You know, if he plays tonight, is he is he still kind of banged up? Um, Not really sure. He's dealing with an ankle injury to keep in mind. So that that isn't. He's been so impactful this year. And, and really, they just don't have, like, like you said, with Mitchell Robinson Now you don't really have much size uh, down low with him. And I, if he doesn't play in this game, I'm just, I, I know we're talking about the end of a long road trip for Denver, but if Jokic has nobody to give him really any trouble down low, um, I, that really scares me about going up against that tonight. So this is a game I'm going to continue to keep my eyes on this afternoon for injury reports. Hartenstein goes, I'm probably going to play this. It might just... It might be play small pregame and then look to get more involved in game if it looks like he's moving around okay and get to play a decent amount of minutes. So that's kind of my plan. I think you're absolutely right. Everything you just laid out, how well the Knicks are playing right now, uh, end of the long road trip for the Nuggets. I think all of that comes into play here in this game, and the Knicks would be the side to look at. So uh, right now, nothing for me, but I'm I'm with you, uh, and I'll be monitoring all that all that this afternoon. And if Hart, again, if Hardenstein goes, will be a play for me. Um, All right, let's keep cruising. Timberwolves at the Nets, uh, 740 Eastern Time, 440 Pacific. Timberwolves, three and a half point road favorites, 217, 217 and a half. The total in this game, Zach.
1: Um, I just went with a player prop in this game, and it's kind of a weird one. I took Mikael Bridges to have over one and a half steals. It's an alternate line. I got it at plus 255. He's not really a guy that's been playing great defense ever since he got traded to Brooklyn because they've been relying on him so much as a scorer that he just doesn't have the energy he used to have in Phoenix to just kind of pressure the ball and just chase everyone around. But at the same time, you know, the length and athleticism still there, the instincts are still there. And this Timberwolves team, for as good as they are, they cough the ball up quite a bit. I think they have the fourth highest turnover rate in the entire league. You know, we know that they're not a great offensive team, probably closer to league average in terms of offense in general. So I guess it just kind of surprised me to see him at nearly three to one odds on two steals. It doesn't feel like yeah. a lot. And I just see him kind of being involved in playing the passing lane, just getting his hands on the basketball. Uh, this would be one where I'd suggest going a little bit smaller. But yeah, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. I don't know why. Okay. All
2: right. Um now I bet McLuhan. Bridge is talking about still talking about one of the best defenders in the yeah. NBA. I don't think you can go wrong with that. And, and like you said, Timberwolves turned the ball over. Uh Mike Connolly is questionable for this game tonight. I don't know if you've seen any update on him. Uh, but obviously that would be it could be important for for your bet not having him in there, I think oh, that no. really leads to, uh, yeah, that would help yeah. <laughs> leads to a little bit more turnovers, most likely uh, Jalen Cork oh, uh, he will be out uh, for the Timberwolves as well, Cameron Johnson I saw pop up earlier, there he is um, upgraded to probable, well, it looks like he will go for the Nets, um, alright I had nothing there, let's get to the 7pm Pacific time, I hope I'm firing the right sound <laughs> Uh, All right. Kings on the road at Golden State here. Uh, uh, Kings two-point road favorites, 242.5 to 243.5 total out there right now for this game. Uh, All three of us are involved in this game tonight. Obviously, that means uh, with the head-to-head sounder, two of us are on one side. One of us is on the other. I feel bad that the guy who's on the uh, left by himself is not here to defend what he has to say (laughs) uh, about this game but you can always go to veasan and check out JVT's write ups there every single day. I highly suggest that you do. JVT rolling with the Warriors uh, in this spot tonight. Zach, I'm on the Kings. Uh, this was a. I'm not going to pretend that there is a lot of thought involved with this one. Sacramento and Golden State both struggling uh, here a little bit recently. Obviously, uh, Golden State has been out, uh, been without Draymond for a bulk of that time, but. Uh, you know, it, I'm going to go eight and eight over their last 16. Golden State. We brought this up a little bit yesterday. Still a top a top five offense over that time, and a bottom three defense in the league. Sacramento nine to nine their last 18 games. Both these teams kind of middle of the road when you look at net rating and a lot of those, a lot of that stuff. This is a little bit of a play, continued play off of what. Uh, the Warriors had to go through last night. I think it, with a very emotional scene there in San Francisco with all the pregames uh, or with all with everything going on during the game, pregame, um, uh, for, uh, you know, that they had going on with the coach uh, that had passed away, the assistant coach that had passed away. I, it's just I, I think the Warriors were, were kind of what I expected to see last night. You get that emotional bump for that game against Atlanta last night. Now I know this team hasn't played a lot recently. So the back to back doesn't factor in as heavily, but I think just the emotional and mental, how do you, how do you recover and carry over that same type of energy from one game to the next, just 24 hours later feels like asking this team to be doing a lot uh, right now. And, and Sacramento I am expecting to see better play out of here at some point. Uh, They're too good of a team to be continuing to play 500 basketball. Um, So I I laid the two on the road. I'm sure you have a much, uh, a much better breakdown than what I just had, but it is really, it is kind of a playoff, a playoff, some of those emotions and emotions and mental space for me that the Warriors, I can only imagine are going through.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, I don't know how heavily to weigh the back-to-back stuff either. I will say like, it is an older team that does play the older guys a lot of minutes. So I'm interested in seeing how this goes. I do think the Kings are going to try to run him up and down the court. Yeah. Uh, we know that this team plays fast, and we know that the Kings have had, you know, a lot of success against the Warriors over the last few years, and those were better versions of the Warriors. So I think this is a matchup that they like. I don't really think anyone on Golden State is capable of keeping De'Aaron Fox out of the paint. So I wrote it in my column, like, I think Fox is going to have a big game, yeah, whether too. it's getting himself scoring or, you know, finding open shooters who we know can knock down shots. So I think the Kings – you know, it's a really good spot for them. Uh, They've also been a good road against the spread team against like bad defensive teams. I saw, you know, 13 and three, actually, sorry, 20 and five against the spread on the road against teams that give up at least 116 points per game under Mike Brown. So take what you will. Some people don't like trends, some don't, but I think that that's one that makes a lot of sense because we know how good this team is offensively.
2: Yeah. I think there's, you know, for so many trends, there's usually a reason behind them, right? This is uh I would I would describe that as you don't often see, or or the majority of teams that you usually see year by year that play. Uh, w- w- give
1: the trend out again. Twenty and five against the spread on the road against teams that give up one hundred sixteen or more points per game. Yeah, okay. so what, Brown.
2: So if you're talking about teams with poorer defenses, I'm not necessarily going to say that one sixteen is a is a. Terrible number, right? But you know, if you're scaling up from there, you're talking about some of the you know some of the poor defenses in the league. If you've got a poor defense, you're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Now, Sacramento teams like Sacramento and Golden State might actually give up those give up those types of numbers, but we usually expect their offense to be good and help balance that out. So that's where I think I think usually you're getting better a better Sacramento team that is playing up uh, for the most part in that trend against teams that are a little bit worse than them. So Uh, It's still interesting, though, to note, for sure. Um, So that's your big play for the uh, Hardwood Handicappers spot tonight. Two of us on the Kings, one of (laughs) us on the Warriors. There will be blood one way or the other. (laughs) Uh, All right, final game of the night, Bulls at Lakers. Lakers right now, four and a half, five point home favorites, 228.5 to 229 is the total I am seeing out there right now. I have absolutely nothing in this game, Zach. Obviously, for the Bulls, Zach Levine is still out. And The normal stupid Lakers uh, uh, injury report. Questionable for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I don't <laughs> expect both to go, but what the hell do I know? Uh, LeBron did not play the other night
1: uh, against the Clippers. Anything for you here? I played the Bulls at plus five, and I played it pretty big. I would oh, still okay. play it at four and a half, but not as big. Uh, I just think, like... I like fading this Lakers team against teams that are, you know, solid or or good. And I think that, you know, the Bulls have an under 500 record, but what we've seen the last month, month and a half, they're playing more like a good Eastern Conference team. I actually think that they do a better job of playing like the modern NBA style than the Lakers do right now. You know, ever since Levine went out, they do take more threes. They do play good defense. So I kind of just trust them a little bit more, which is a little weird because, you know, obviously the Lakers are going to have the best players in the court here. But I like what the Bulls have with like DeRozan and Kobe White at the end of games. I think that they play with a little more purpose. So I took the five. I sprinkled the money line. I could see this being one the Chicago wins. And I actually saw a trade room earlier this morning of uh, potentially like Zach Levine going to Detroit
0: for yeah, uh, Bojan well.
1: Bogdanovich, which I liked for the Bulls, even if they don't get a young player back. I think if you're just like, this is not working with Levine, let's get us a better contract and a better fit and just see what we have with this current group. That's not a bad move, in my opinion. Well, I ignore. See, this is funny because me two months
2: ago, I would have totally pushed back on that and been like, "Well, if they do that, they're only doing that so they can flip boy on then for something else." Because yep. you're right; like it is a it's a friendly contract for a three point shooter that any playoff you know a lot of playoff teams are really going to be interested in. But man, we saw how this Chicago team played; it kind of started to. The only time they turned it on this season is when Levine. And Vooch were kind of out of the lineup and out of the picture. So it's really hard for me to sit here and argue with you <laughs> that that wouldn't be a benefit uh, to their current team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that one plays out. And look, for the Detroit side of it, I don't think that would be a bad trade. I, I do think yeah. they're one of the uh, – often what you are you have heard and are going to continue to hear with Zach Levine and him being traded is what what team is going to want to take on the massive amount of money that he's owed over the next several years – and that usually is going to eliminate a lot of the high-end contending teams. So it's sorry when you if you want to make that kind of money and not really live up to the deal, you know, live up to the contract, you're probably going to end up playing for a crappy team. And, yeah. and I think that I think that probably makes a lot of sense for both sides. Uh, Detroit can get a a quality scorer in the NBA and a guy that you can rely on to put up big numbers every night. Um, I don't think it's a bad deal for either side. Actually, I think that's one that we could actually see go through. Uh, here before the trade deadline. All right. Um, let me see if I can find this. One. Best bet recap. Yeah. All right, Zach, roll through everything
1: you had tonight. All right. I had a lot. So I have Knicks plus two and a half. I put two units on that. I have Kings money line minus 125. I have Bulls plus five. That's another two units. And then I put uh, half a unit on Bulls money line at plus 160. And then I have Mikhail Bridges over one and a half steals. You could probably find that looking more like. Alternate steals two plus at DraftKings, uh, plus 255.
2: All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. I am on Celtics. I laid six and a half. I think anything up to eight, you're good. Uh, if you listen to this entire time and didn't just skip to the end, stop it. You should listen this entire time. Don't just skip to the end. Um, but I did talk about it earlier. I bet that last night, I'm not quite as excited about it today, but I think you're still good. Out to eight, I would still bet it, um, even at this current number. Uh, And then I am on Kings as well with you, Zach. I played the money line there. Do you go money line or points? I I went money line. I didn't want to do
1: the two. There was another one where I was willing to pay up. Two points. We just had that conversation too. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think that is worth paying the money line in that spot. Um, So that is all I am on. Uh, What is the one I didn't mention though? Knicks. Yes, I will be on the Knicks if Hartenstein does end up going did want to follow through with that, and then JVT is on Sixers Pacers over and Warriors money line. Pacers Sixers number has moved a little bit, but I think he would still recommend it. Uh, Two thirty nine that's at right now. He bet it at 237 and a half. so only a point and a half difference. Zach, I don't know if you still have our, our our records in front of us, but is this a is this a time for a slight humble brag at the end of the pod?
1: You how, should how, do it. I don't want to do it anymore. How the boy? Uh,
2: well, you well, you guys you and JVT track every day on your article. So what, what are you guys up uh, right now, unit wise?
1: Collectively, it's it's something like plus thirty six, plus thirty seven. Okay, cool.
2: And then yeah, I punched. Uh, I, I it's been a beautiful, beautiful January. I'll tell you that, man. This is it. Usually happens to me almost every NBA season where you get one nice streak uh One nice streak, Zach, and one bad streak. And uh I haven't exactly hit that bad streak yet. It was a little awkward for me through about end of December with where I was at, uh where I was at, because it was just it kept feeling like win one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Yeah. And then I don't know if you, if you get like this, but when I actually do get on a little bit of hot streaks like I am right now. I don't really, I I try not to check my records like too much and (laughs) keep on top of that. It's one of those mental games where like, I want to stay sharp, not checking this stuff. Uh, But just to get everybody up to speed. Okay, this is from, so from start of season through December 29th, I was up 4.2 units. December 29th through last night, and this actually doesn't include the Suns, uh, when this is 33 and 14 plus 25.3 units. So it has been a beautiful, beautiful run here. Hopefully we can keep it going, Kings tonight. Sorry, teeth. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I need it more. I need it, I need to be able to do more contributions. Go.
2: Zach needs it more, but yeah, you got to put everything together. It's like over sixty units. We're collectively up together on the pod. So, um, hope everybody's been listening. We thank you, uh, everybody that has been listening every single day. We do these again. Those uh, five stars, thumbs up, comments. All those goals go a long way for us. So we really do appreciate anybody who's been leaving stuff there. Make sure to uh, hit us up on X slash Twitter to at me, JVT at Kelly Bidlin and at betting on X for Zach. All right. We will catch you all tomorrow right back here on Hardwood again.
0: Zumo Play.